Welcome to the Shifting Our Schools podcast, where we believe learning never stops. We create innovative and flexible professional development opportunities that support the current research and thinking in education today. This week's podcast episode aspires to set you up to take another step forward on your personal learning journey. Now here's your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm your host, Jeff Udick. I hope this episode finds you safe and healthy. Not sure how the weather is where you live, but here in Seattle, fall has definitely set in. We had our first big fall storm of the year roll through this past weekend, and today, as I record this, looking out my window, it's blue skies and beautiful outside. I've decided my reward to myself after getting this episode complete is going to go sit outside for a bit and just take in a couple of deep breaths of that crisp, clean ocean breeze air we get here in Seattle. What's going to be your gift to yourself after today? When can you make time to just maybe find a moment and sit and breathe? That's my challenge to you as we kick off this episode. When and where today will you reward yourself with some stillness? That's my challenge to you. And if you accept my challenge, I hope that you share a quick photo before you begin your stillness time with us at hashtag shifting schools on Twitter. To see my stillness place, check out the hashtag as well, and I'll post a place where I like to sit here at my own house. I like this, a little self-check-in as we kick off this episode. We are just a week away from a special event I'm excited about. On September 30th, you can join Trisha Friedman and myself for a two-hour Zoom session titled Sustaining Community with SEL and Blended Learning Strategies. We're running this at two different time zones on September 30th to hopefully support people in multiple time zones across the world. I'm a fan of blended learning strategies, and you may be thinking, Jeff, of course you are, you love tech, but that's not why I'm a fan. What I love about blending learning is that it frees me up as a teacher to have those one-to-one or small group mentoring conversations that we know are so critical to learners. And learners need those one-to-one talks in ways like never before. In fact, in the trainings I'm doing right now with schools, that is our essential question. How can I leverage technology in meaningful ways in my classroom to free myself up to have more quality one-on-one time with my students? I've always believed that SEL has to be infused in everything we do. And this session really embodies that philosophy and helps us all try to answer that essential question. I hope to see you next week. So please do learn more about this session by heading over to shiftingschools.com. Today, we're going to keep talking about the power of conversation. If you've been a longtime listener of the show, you have likely seen this is one of our common themes over about the last nine months or so. You can't shift a school without conversation. And you cannot have a meaningful conversation without practicing deep listening. If that is in line with your experience, or if you want to approach team conversations a little differently this year, our free guide, Five Transformational Talks for Teacher Teams, has quickly become a really hot download from our team library. I have a few guesses as to why that is, one of them being we know our teacher teams need nurturing, and we know we can take better care of one another when we think carefully about how to approach team collaboration. Whether you are thinking about your grade level team, your PLC team, or your school team, we are all in this together focused on our students. 
If you haven't downloaded your copy of the free guide, you can do that now at shiftingschools.com. Just hover over resources in the menu and select resource library, and you'll find it right at the top. By the way, we now have 50 free guides to choose from, thanks to listeners like you reaching out to let us know what you need, and the talented Trisha Friedman, who loves supporting educators any way possible with these free guides. Please do keep the requests coming to inform us what our next guide should be. You can reach out to us on Twitter or on the website by filling out a quick contact form. Today, you'll hear from a range of educators. I love bringing in multiple perspectives because I think one of the most undervalued aspects of school culture is talking specifically about how different educators approach the art of teaming. I've learned a lot from what today's guests have to share, and I'm so excited that you get to learn from them today as well. With that, let's launch into a message from Darius Phelps, an educator currently working in New York. Darius is a former Early Years Educator of the Year, and he has a fantastic TEDx talk that you can find by giving him a quick Google. Darius is going to speak to why he thinks the fifth prompt from our free guide is a critical one to be explored this year. The fifth prompt in our free guide has three sentence starters. Here they are. Sentence starter number one. A sign that my battery is nearly depleted is... Sentence starter number two. One thing I try to do in order to sustain my energy levels is to... And sentence starter number three, the number one thing you can do to help me recharge my battery is? Let's listen to Darius explain why this prompt resonates with him. When it comes to the five transformative talks to have as teacher teams, for me personally, when working with my teams, I would choose prompt number five. Do others know how to best support you? And for me, I would choose this prompt um, because I feel like this conversation could be very, very, very valuable because especially going back into the classroom, whether you're still doing uh, simultaneous or strictly face-to-face or virtual learning, we've all been through changes. I feel like um, we're not the same teachers we were pre-pandemic as we were in the midst of this pandemic and, and post-pandemic. And a lot of times we are, as teachers, we're naturally givers, we're naturally nurturing people. And we don't really know how to best support ourselves. And to make matters worse, we don't really know how to tell our teams and our fellow leaders and our fellow teammates how to really support us. There's no really strong foundation when it comes to support. We're just naturally lone wolves and go-getters. So the prompt that others know how to support you really helps us build a foundation and go into a new school year unified. Um, because every day is now unpredictable. We're going to need to rely on each other now more than ever. And to be able to really gain that from the chat, you learn that everyone has different ways that they support each other and the way that they feel support is very differently. So it really helps you see your teammates and your teachers, whether you're a teacher leader, admin, principal, what have you, you see your team through a different light. Um, You learn more about their personalities, what makes them tick, what they like, what they don't like, and it really helps you let a, lay a strong foundation to really start the year off with, but also um, you're able to return back to this dialogue piece later throughout the school to kind of do a check-in to see, am I supporting you in the best way possible? Um, how do you like how I've supported you so far? What have you liked or disliked? 
and it creates that need to have crucial conversations, but really also get to know each other better. So that's why I pick um, prompt number five. I feel like it really, truly helps you build a strong foundation and start over if you need to. You know, it's always good to start from scratch and start a new chapter. Thank you, Darius, for sharing that. I've been using the prompt Darius refers to in this teacher workshop lately, and I have to say the response has been really powerful. Educators do want to be able to advocate for themselves, and sometimes we need to simply make time and space to do that. Next, we're going to hear from a head of school out of Japan, Matthew Parr, who is going to talk about the importance of networks and how networks ultimately are what shifts practice and how conversations can support those same networks. Here's Matthew. Hello, everybody. My name is Matthew Parr, and I'm the head of school at Nagoya International School here in central Japan. We are a small and inclusive community international school, and it really is a pleasure to be a part of this podcast and the Shifting Schools journey, and just to share a few thoughts that I have about uh, one in particular of these uh, very valuable conversation starters for our teams. The conversation starter that I'd like to talk about is number two, encourage and learn more about how support networks are being developed. I'm very interested in this concept of networks and in particular the the balance and the interplay between networks and hierarchies um, in our schools. We all know about hierarchies of course, uh, organizational charts, uh, admin administrators, senior leaders, department heads, grade level leaders, uh, job titles, hierarchies are well established and we all can see them very clearly. Networks of course are much harder to see um, but it's networks that really drive change in our schools. I'm interested in the work of John Cotter and he makes a very strong argument that organizations need both hierarchies and networks working together. Hierarchies are not a bad thing. They manage complexity very well. They they manage um, efficiency very well. They create stability and these are all good things in schools. But what they're not so good at is the ability to pivot, to innovate, to react, to respond. And when we're talking about shifting schools, when we're talking about change, It's impossible to really imagine how you can do that by relying on hierarchies alone. And when we think of the concept of support networks, it reminds us that change is what people do. It's not what schools do. It's the people that make change happen. And change is difficult and change is complex and change is messy. And so those networks to support individuals as they engage with and pivot and understand change is key. Cotter puts it very simply. He says, if it's the hierarchy that runs the organization, then it's the network that changes the organization. So begin this conversation in in your teams with with others in your school, whatever that team happens to be, whether it's a hierarchy or whether it's a network, and begin to try and understand as a team, how is it working in your school? What does the hierarchy do? What's the benefits of that hierarchy? How, How is that hierarchy managing complexity? How is that hierarchy ensuring for efficiency, for ensuring for stability, those things that are important to, to kids, to schools, to learning. And then look at the networks. What's going on in your school? Who's talking to whom? Who are the innovators? Who are the people that are stepping up, raising their hands, saying, I have something to say about that. I have something to show about that. I have something to contribute about that. And try to understand that organization and try to pinpoint where the change is and where the stability is and how those two things can complement each other. In Peter Senge's work, The Fifth Discipline, he talks about seven learning disabilities for organizations. And several of these learning disabilities are relevant to this conversation. One of them is this concept of I am my position, I am my job title. 
Uh, another is the enemy is out there. It's always someone else's fault. It's not that it's hard. There's always someone to blame. Um, another is the myth of the management team. This idea that the management team is supposed to have all the answers as opposed to being open to learning. These all play into this idea of understanding the way in which the innovation, the change, the responsiveness of the network can work in harmony with the stability, the management of complexity, um, the efficiency that can come from the hierarchy in schools. So as you engage in your change, Keep drawing those connections between your hierarchy and your network and revisit this conversation often to make sure that you're not missing out on the benefits of both because together those two things are able to help shift our schools. Thanks, everybody. Our next guest, Kanako Sua, is going to bring us to the very first prompt in the free guide. That prompt is a four corners activity where we are invited to pick the corner that best represents the way we felt about learning lately. Here's Kanako talking about the power of check-ins. A prompt I'd like to encourage people to use is the first one. Make time and space to see how different people might be in different places. I see this conversation being valuable for both planning lessons and for a general well-being check-in. Obviously, with lessons and for like alignment across your team, you want to make sure that everyone's on the same page or at least headed towards the same goal. And if someone isn't, then people on the team can help them get there. For me, without that check-in sort of intentionally embedded in the meetings, um, it can be hard for me to reach out and admit that I'm lost or need a, a little bit of help. Um, and this prompt is also really great for a well-being check-in, especially um, living away from family and friends and going through sort of unpredictable times in terms of, you know, lockdown and regulations, constantly changing and all that. And um, everyone just processes and handles things differently. And so, you know, some people are more private about what's going on in their personal lives. And and that's okay. but it would be nice to know that something is going on. And I don't need any details, but I would like to know when people are going through a hard time so we can make sure that we're there to support um, our teammates in whatever way they need, um, maybe take a bit off their shoulders. So, yeah, if you just take like five to 10 minutes out of your morning meetings to to check in and see where everyone is. Um, Nobody has to suffer alone. And that's really important right now to feel like you have people you can rely on. And uh, yeah, when it's embedded in a meeting, it's just easier to come back to and follow up. The phrase that I want to put a pin in there is when Kanako says, quote, nobody has to suffer alone, end quote. I know in school sometimes it is easy to feel as a teacher that you alone have so much on your plate. I know I've had to remind myself that while that is true, my plate is still on a table and at that table is my team and those people, they want to listen and they want to help. Our next guest, John Richer, addresses something we all have to deal with in teams, conflict. I'm really glad John brings this up because I think our differences are what makes us stronger as a team. Here's John. As I look through the five prompts, um, a few stand out to me as being extremely relevant and important. 
as we jump into a new school year, um, I am starting at a new school this year, so jumping into a new team and a new teaching situation that I've never had before in my 15 years. So I'm um, excited about that, but um, entering into a new team, new dynamics with people I don't know um, prior to now, some of these things are just super important. Um, I really want my team to prioritize getting to know each other first, um, building that trust um, so that's clear that we just trust and believe that we are all here for the same reason, and that is creating the best possible learning experience for all of our students, um, <clears throat> especially coming off such a challenging year, such a weird year where every student had a different challenging experience last year, the last year and a half, really. Um, and once that trust is in place, um, I'm hoping there's uh, a chance to create some norms around around just creating a space where everyone has a chance to express their views, their experiences, their uh, beliefs, whenever they feel like they need to, um, and have those experiences and beliefs validated by the team, um, even when they might differ from other people's views in the group. So trust first, and then a space for people to share their views, their experiences. They have a chance to advocate for themselves as they see fit. Um, and then finally, I guess the third thing is that seems really important to me is um, establishing protocols and procedures for working through uh, differences and when divides come up, trying to find a middle ground, um, create a space where we're open to finding new beliefs and experiencing new learnings where our views might change. Um, and I just think that's so important. Um, I'm hoping that I'm with a group this year that is looking to... Uh, progress their teaching, um, find new ways to serve students better, um, and do so in the most productive way possible. Our next guest, Dr. Sadie Hollins, reminds us that the prompts from the free guide can be something we return to. And I love that idea because as someone who mentors and coaches others, I always see conversations as ongoing. Here is Dr. Hollins. I think the conversation starts at number five, do others know how to best support you, is a, is a really great tool. Uh, schools are, are fast moving places and I think sometimes we're not always aware of when we might need to support others and it can often take a crisis point to kind of bring this to the forefront or to a manager's attention. Um, but I think conversations like this will help managers to know how better to support their staff um, by allowing them to kind of discuss this in both like a personal way but it's also quite objective. So I feel like it's um, a good way to express that your needs uh, that doesn't make you feel too vulnerable. And I think having something that you can almost like visualize on a piece of paper is a really powerful way of communicating your needs. Uh, I think these conversation starters would allow me to get a better idea of when I might need to kind of pay attention to someone struggling um, or at least kind of be better in tune with that. Uh, and I think it also kind of helps provide almost like an anchoring for both the staff member and the manager as something that you can kind of come back to and make sure that you're both on track and, and things are where they need to be. Or you kind of have a, a roadmap to get back to that place, hopefully, if um, if you're able to do that through the workplace. I think that you can return to this dialogue 
uh, both on an informal basis and on a formal basis. So whether that's kind of uh, termly check-ins, um, but also just, you know, someone popping into the office, you can kind of, um, you know, not ask them outright uh, about, you know, do you need anything? Do you need this? You know, what you told me before, but you can kind of gauge it and maybe um, find a way to see if there is anything that they, they need or if they are able to kind of access those things that have been helping them in the past. Uh, I think that's showing care and checking in as a manager and making sure that your staff are um, recharged, replenished as much as possible given a, a situation is, is a really, really important thing. Um, teachers are often kind of infamous for, for getting burnout just because they do put so much kind of heart and work into into what they do. So I think this is a this is a really good tool to have those conversations, particularly if if you're in that process of building relationships with new staff um, and it's not something that they might share readily, I think this is a kind of a, a perfect go-to to, to help you have those conversations. So much of what Dr. Holland says there resonates with my personal experience. Relationships are so critical. And I think that it is when times are tough that we need to focus on them even more. Next, we get to hear from Jackie Friends, who once again reminds us why the time to reflect on how we go into conversations is so critical. Here's Jackie. Hello, my name is Jackie Friends, and I'm a tech integration specialist in Western Michigan in the USA. And one of the topics I would love to uh, spend a little time talking with among my colleagues would be how to encourage and learn more about how how support networks are being developed. To say that this past year was filled with um, transitions and um, roles that were being redefined uh, would be to state the obvious. And I felt like um, it would have been valuable for our staff and our colleagues to be able to have some space to directly address how um, to best understand the concerns of of the team, because as I took on a new role, I think it confused some people um, and might not have been fully explained, which um, ended up causing some um, s- some miscommunication that we um, are. I think our our team is still recovering from frankly we um, we were able to address it directly. I brought it up in a conversation that I had with my colleagues on my own. So that was that was something that I think if there were more um, support networks or um, resources for um, our teachers to have had open dialogue about some of their questions and suspicions, I think that would have been very helpful. And then, of course, um, once that channel of communication is open, then um, it can be revisited a little bit later. I was able to um, find uh, some resources uh, for myself, but also some of my other colleagues were very generous and kind and thoughtful and came to my aid. But I also... um, was able to cultivate some um, 
some ways of supporting myself through this transition. But I definitely think in a school system, having the opportunity to have this issue of transition and how it affects each person um, presented in a way that we all think the best of each other in a supportive environment would be extremely, extremely valuable. I really appreciate what Jackie says about miscommunication and how it can be really disruptive to teams. What I really applaud is how Jackie mentions that we need open dialogue and we need to be able to clear the air. Our next guest, Vice Principal Ange Maloney, reminds us to think carefully about the pace we set in teams and how getting clarity around pace is pivotal. So this pit stop um, conversation starter has got me thinking about the way that I have my regular check-ins um, with at our school we call middle leaders, so my heads of year or heads of department, and I work with uh, four or five of them in our secondary school. And sometimes I think that I don't do enough to create an opportunity for, for my colleagues to to really kind of say, hey, I need help with this, or um, I know that you need me to do all of these other things, but you know, I've got this going on and I, I need your help or advice, or can we talk about this? So I love this pit stop for, you know, sort of really make, putting me in the listening seat and making sure that whoever I'm working with um, has an opportunity to sort of say what is maybe stressing them out or bothering or challenging them. Um, and, you know, getting in this habit of asking for help. Um, I think, Perhaps really that's what I like about this the most and what I see a, a real value in this is for it to be okay to say, um, I need some more time on this um, and I, I kind of would really appreciate your your help or support or this is you know, maybe not directly with this or but this is, you know, this is where I need some um, support to get this done. So I really like this as a, uh, a habit to get into. Um, you know, in those one-on-one conversations. Carrie Lee Beasley is going to speak more about the great significance of one of the questions our free guide touches on, which is, do others know how to support you best? And before we hear from Carrie Lee, I've invited you to pause and think about that question. Who on your team have you explicitly talked to about this? Are your teammates just guessing about what you need Do you have any routines in place that make way for you to address it? Now, here's Carrie Lee on why this has mattered to her. This is one of my favorite transformative conversations for a team, as it has the potential to uncover really simple things that can make a huge difference to the members of your team. It can identify commonalities and build understanding across colleagues. For example, someone I work with has ADHD and is often so full of energy to the point that he can't focus easily in meetings. He even works out in his free blocks to release this energy to enable him to be more productive. Through this activity, his team could help him by making a walk and talk a part of their agenda or by incorporating movement into their regular meetings. And if he didn't share this information with his team, they might have thought that he was bored or disengaged or even unmotivated. But because he did share, they can show how they value him as part of the team 
and how they can think differently about traditional meeting structures. I believe the more you know about your colleagues, the stronger your team will be. Some people might think that it's obvious to others when they are stressed or lacking energy, but oftentimes your teammates are unaware of your triggers and behaviours. This engagement also encourages team members to be explicit about what they need from others. In my own team, I shared that organising logistics like sign-up sheets really stress me out. For one of my colleagues, this is his favourite sort of activity, something he can easily do without much thought required. As a result, my colleague felt valued in something he was good at and pleased to think that he was able to help me out. I was super relieved at not having to do what I consider a mundane task and was freed up to think of more creative learning engagements for our students. We both felt like we were working to our strengths. So give this activity a try. You might be surprised by what you learn about your team. Thank you, Carrie Lee, for that. I think it is a good idea for us all to strive to be surprised by our team. Let's keep asking questions to make those surprises possible. Last, but certainly not least, is Jennifer Longmire, who is a friend and member of the Reimagine Washington Ed team. Jennifer reminds us yet again that when we are working and learning together in turbulent time, that we have to address it. Here's Jennifer talking about our prompt that specifically addresses change management. As I look through the five conversation starters, the one I think that I would use with my when talking with teachers this year would be number four. When things are in flux, spark a conversation about what the change means. We started this conversation last spring asking all of our teachers to reflect on the year. What takeaways did they have, the good and the bad? What are they going to keep? What do they need to get rid of? And so to begin a new year, wrapping back around the idea of change could be really powerful. Last year was a really traumatic year for all of our teachers. They had lots of switches and modalities from going fully remote, switching to hybrid, then heading back into fully back in person. However, some teachers were still fully remote. It's a lot of changing, a lot of switching, a lot of thinking about how to do things. My hope would be that after a summer that teachers would have had a chance to completely remove themselves and have a time to reflect and decompress from last year. And as we start in on a new school year, having the conversation that focuses us around what did they learn? What good things can they take from that horrific year that we had last year that they could now add into their teacher toolbox? We know that as we learn new things, try new things, do things in a different way, there are always bits and pieces that we add to our teacher toolbox that make us better and stronger. Education is still in flux. We continue to recreate ourselves. This pandemic isn't over. And as a result, we continue to grow, change, and adapt to better meet the needs of our students and to better meet the needs of who we are as teachers. And as we continue these conversations and we continue to talk about change and how we can create opportunities for one another, we continue to learn from each other and grow as educators to make ourselves better and to make education better for our students. Thank you, Jen, for saying it plainly. We are still in the middle of a pandemic and educators are at the front lines. So we need to take care of ourselves and our teams. 
Today's guests have inspired me to go back to our collection of prompts for team conversations and to think about which one I'll bring to my team this week. I really hope the free guide, Five Transformational Talks for Teacher Teams, is useful to you and your team, and I want to thank all our guests for their time, reflections, and willingness to share their thoughts. If you try any of these prompts, let us know on Twitter and be sure to tag it hashtag shifting schools or send me a voice message to info at shiftingschools.com, which is pretty easy. Find the voice recording app on your smartphone, press record and start talking. Then send it to us and let us know if we can share your voice message on an upcoming episode. Or if you'd be willing to record a short reflection like these listeners, please let us know and we'd love to get your voice in an episode as well. Educators tell us all the time they want to hear from other educators, hear what other educators are doing. We hope we've brought that to you in this week's episode. We love learning from our community. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'll see you on the network. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Shifting Our Schools. If you found this episode helpful or inspiring, please make sure to subscribe and leave the team a five-star rating. If you want to learn more about the Shifting Schools team or download our free resources, head over to ShiftingSchools.com to see what's on offer now. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode to keep rethinking the shifts our schools need.